to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review the show. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Two of us spent yesterday evening at the OVO practice facility um, in anticipation for the 2023 NBA draft where we saw, what, dozens of rumors of trade reports and all this other stuff. Kind of went pretty much as expected. Um, and uh, the Raptors had quite a few options available to them at the 13th pick, and they selected Grady Dick. So, Alex, uh, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. Big Grady energy in here today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of options at 13, and the Raptors went with um, the best shooter in the draft, addressing a, a pretty significant need on the roster. This is also um, the highest pick from Kansas since... Former Raptor Josh Jackson mm. went fourth right. overall in, in 2017. I'm sure you have great memories of Josh Jackson's run with the Raptors. You know, as someone who watched them um, while on the Amalfi Coast, um, yes, I oh, do actually yes. have some memories <laughs> of watching Josh Jackson in, in unusual scenarios. But no, I, I think um, obviously very, very different player um, compared to, to Josh Jackson. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I, I wasn't surprised, I suppose. Were you surprised? Like, we can start there. No, I think thinking about this pick too, I, I know yesterday we were here talking about some of these other guys like, you know, Kobe Bufkin, Keontae mm-hmm. George, and kind of the skill sets Ball handlers. Yeah. that they were going to bring. And, you know, for me, like, you know, having had, I guess, a day to think about it, like I'm, I'm really happy that the Raptors went in this direction. You know, I think in a lot of the mock drafts, you know, Grady Dick, um, you know, was a bit higher than 13, maybe wasn't expected yep. to be there. Um, and, you know, looking at his numbers, you know, a 40% plus three-point shooter, uh, on pretty high volume amount, 5.73s per game last year at Kansas. And you look at the way that we were talking about the Raptors last year, right? Like mm. heading into the trade deadline, I think we were talking about two two different needs. And we were talking about this, like they needed to, to fix the center position and they needed to add more shooting to the roster. So they went and traded for Jakob Pertl, which, you know, people are a bit upset just based on the direction of the team. But, you know, now they've addressed another need here. And, you know, I think when you talk about the Raptors with like vision six, nine and like the versatility and all the stuff that they want to bring to the table in terms of building a roster, Mm -hmm. what you need to is just guys with like a plus skills in particular areas. Right? Like if I were to ask you like to go through the Raptors roster, like tell me guys like with an a plus skill in a particular area, it it might be hard. A lot of these guys I feel like are like B B pluses across the board. Mm. And here you're adding a guy who like you hope can translate the results from college to the pros with his shooting at at an a plus level. Like when's the last time the Raptors had a shooter at at this level, like on their roster? Yeah. I was thinking about this last night when I was doing the, um, the reaction uh, podcast to uh, draft night. Um, And this is just, a player or a profile of player that the Raptors have not selected under Messiah and Bobby before. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say they've only selected one type of player, but at the same time, you know, when you think about, you know, Messiah's first ever draft pick, Bruno Caboclo, you know, um, or DeLon Wright in the first round the following year, um, you know, Norm Powell the year after that. And, you know, you go down the list, Pascal Siakam, um, OJ Anobi, uh, Jakob Pertl, Christian Coloco, Scotty Barnes, Donald Banton. Like, these guys are players that have great physical profiles plus size for their position, but none of their standout skills coming out of college or wherever they were coming from um, were shooting. 
And I think right now we have somebody who we can pretty confidently say is going to be a, a plus shooter at the next level. Has good size as well for for someone of that profile. Being six eight, I think you know he, he is he is taller than your average shooter. Um, but you know we will see how that sort of style plays with the Raptors. But I think that you know there's a pretty clear path for for minutes. You know both Bobby and and Grady talked about it yesterday on draft night in interviews uh, through Zoom with us about how you know they want to make they expect sort of an immediate impact. And it's not like you would say that for most freshmen, most one-and-done kind of players. Um, but I think for the Raptors, based on their needs, this actually does address that. In addition to the fact that I think just shooting has become more and more valuable over the course of how the league has progressed. And I think that, you know, we've seen the Raptors zag quite a bit in terms of, you know, embracing non-shooters in an age of there being as more shooting than ever. Um, but this is sort of more acknowledgement of like, hey, we actually do need to address this aspect. So, um yeah, I think it makes sense on multiple levels, and I'm actually looking forward to a scenario as soon as next season. And whatever, he's a rookie. You got to see how it all plays out. He's able to stay healthy. He's able to sort of hang with NBA speed. But, um, you know, there is a credible scenario where the Raptors have options next year to play three shooter lineups, four shooter lineups, maybe bring two shooters off the bench. This past season, before they moved Gary to the bench, they were bringing zero shooters off the bench. You know what I mean? So I, I, I do think that it, it will be a nice change in pace. And I think uh, it does create a path towards minutes, which I think more than anything else, like if you're going to develop a player, he's got to at least have somewhere that they can play. And I think when you had all these sort of like forwards who all kind of needed to have the ball in their hands, cause they're all kind of non-shooters. Um, it made it a little bit more difficult for certain guys to get on the floor. Uh, I think there's a clear path to, to seeing Grady enter the rotation as, as recently as, you know, the, the start of his uh, rookie career. Yeah. I think the other, encouraging thing for me too is that you know we've we've asked the the front office you know this question over and over again and I think when Nick Nurse was here too and so much emphasis was on you know how they were developing the guys and like can you teach these guys who who might be like average three-point shooters and over time get them to to improve right yeah and and you know we've we've always gotten the answer that yes you know like like we we do bank on some of this internal development right like guys that maybe are shooting like 32 percent from three can can raise their career averages up etc mm. etc et but like i feel like drafting grady here is an, an acknowledgement too that this like they do have to fill this need externally and not just bank on the guys that they already have on their roster yeah to take a step up right so i don't know i'm, I'm pretty happy with this pick i'm sure i'm sure regardless of who the raptors were, were going to pick like it was going to be a, a polarizing reaction well I, I just think it's it is kind of funny now because it's like okay the raptors had the shooter but then the complaints are like well we don't have a backup point guard <laughs> and it's like realistically I, I don't think there was one player that would have satisfied all the needs especially mm -hmm. at uh, 13 like you know we've got to be realistic the 13th pick if you got a rotation player you're already really happy um we, and we could start there but um yeah i mean obviously there are more weaknesses in the roster and i think that there are certain um there's a certain belief that just the core of it is not good enough, period, to build around in the first place. And so, you know, that, that's where the sort of preference towards a teardown approach comes from. Um, so in that sense, there's nothing you can really do to complement the roster um, if the core is not good enough as it is. But at the same time, I do think that, you know, they took a player who you can see having a long NBA career, especially if he's able to add a little bit more bulk, sort of handle the physicality, not be such an obvious target on defense, um, improve on that front. And of course, can you add a secondary skill? And with shooting being so important as it is, to, you know, in the league right now, you look at a guy like what we saw in the finals, Duncan Robinson, 
where yes, he obviously is a great, it's a great three point shooter, but the movement um, and the ability to play in the two man game and the ability, what he did to the Boston Celtics, which was cut back door and go, you know, in for layups or make the next pass to, to bam, for example, slipping to the rim. Like there, there's so many secondary downstream effects that come from a guy being able to shoot and also a guy being able to move that I'm actually fairly confident that a secondary skill will emerge, whether that's ball handling, whether that's the, the playmaking aspect as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the shooting part is the most important part, and I think the Raptors, finally, I, I feel like they really acknowledge that they badly need a shooting. I think, you know, Bobby even kind of, like, chuckled at, at a question where it was sort of we asked him, like, you know, did you get him because you're short on shooting? He's kind of like, yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And then that's, you know, on top of that, it seems like he's just a guy, he, there's a certain vibe about him. You can definitely tell, you know, um, definitely very gregarious, very goofy. I was listening to an interview this morning on the morning show, um, you know, where, uh, one of Kansas's assistants, coaches, yeah, Jeremy Case, yeah. yeah, he came on the show. Sorry. I'm not too, so super familiar with the, uh, assistant coaching staff of college teams, but he came on and sort of talked about how great he was just a real pleasure to coach and brought a lot of energy and, and a, a vibe to the locker room. Definitely a very goofy kid. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's... I wouldn't say that the Raptors, like, definitely need that in terms of just, like, a guy to come in and crack all these jokes. But at the same time, like, it's, it's the season is a grind. And he seemed like a pleasure to both be a teammate with or also be coached by. So No, um, I, I think... And, I, and we're going to have a couple, couple people who covered the University of Kansas team um, join us on this program today as we get to know Grady Dick um, a little bit more. Um, and I just want to say it's great, you know, uh, compared to Darko Ryakovich, there's actually lots of info out there uh, about oh, Grady Dick. So he's a very the fact-finding well mission commodity. was, was yeah. not as difficult. But no, like you mentioned, like even him showing up, you know, him being a Wichita, Kansas uh, native, showing out last night um, in his standout Wizard of Oz-themed suit. Um, and, you know, me and you are not big uh, on TikTok, but uh, I think we realize he's a big TikTok star as well. So... But as Bobby said uh, when he was asked yesterday, you know, we didn't draft him for the entertainment. <laughs> yeah, Bobby said this is this is this is a <laughs> this job. Was, this was a basketball decision. He yeah. said the Raptors are not about entertainment. Yeah, shows shows the thirty eight. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I think, but I think that part of it is important too. I like bringing in like a big personality. You can tell that he's really confident mm -hmm. um, player you, on you the court. You have to be confident as a shooter, yeah. too, by the way. I, in fact, if your shooter comes in dressed very normal, I actually. I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, when I think about shooters, I think about Gary Trent Jr., for example. Mm. You know, you could tell he's got confidence based on the way he sort of comes across. And so, I think Grady is similar in that way. Yeah, and one of the cool um, features that I read, um, just doing some research, uh, research yesterday, was from uh, Shreya Slada of, of the Kansas City Star, um, who, who's been covering Grady Dick throughout his uh, freshman season that just passed in Kansas. And one of the cool things was, you know, he did a profile about how Grady, as a young kid, uh, worked to become an elite three-point shooter. And we actually have Shreyas on the line uh, joining us right now to talk about that and, and some other things. Uh, Shreyas, how are you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you wrote this great feature um, just really detailing uh, Grady's process growing up as a kid um, and, you know, working in his family's uh, backcourt to, to, to become the shooter that he is today. Would, would love for you to tell the listeners a, a bit more about his process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, Grady has two older brothers, and everything with them is a competition, you know? Mm -hmm. He would do everything, like whether it was a shooting competition, free throws, whatever. 
Um, you know, he was so competitive from a young age that he would literally be out there um, in the dark, barely see, um, you know, practicing a shot in the dark. Um, you know, his, his dad would say, if you can shoot uh, the ball in the dark, you can shoot it in the light, you know, and um, that's how he kind of created his muscle memory um, was from those younger years of just constantly playing in the dark, honing a shot, um, you know, and, and he's become one of the best shooters in the nation uh, just because of that competition and, and the repetition um, on non-game days, he takes over 500 shots a day. Okay. Um, he tries to make a good amount, um, and he's just ridiculous work ethic. And um, you know, he's just been obsessed with uh, you know being the best amongst his brothers, and it's turned out to be been some, one of the best shooters in the nation because of it. Yeah, I was. Um, there's one of those videos that. Um, um... I think Ball is Life does, where they'll sort of follow a player uh, throughout a course of their day, usually about a high schooler, and sort of like get to see their process and sort of what their life looks like. And th- there is a there is a scene in one of those videos where, you know, he's playing ping pong with his with his brother, and apparently the game is essentially yeah, it's the game to five, and the loser um, has to sort of accept a free shot at at the back where sort of you know they they shoot the ping pong ball mm. and hit it as hard as they can at the brother. So you can definitely tell there's that like friendly robbery with sort of everything that they do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think what's interesting here is um, his his mom was also a really, really accomplished basketball player as well, right? So I'm curious to see, um, you know, what the influence that uh, his mom, Carmen, had on, on uh, Grady's game. Yeah, absolutely. I know uh, with Carmen, he credits her for pretty much like teaching him so much. You know, they used to grow up playing against each other in the backyard. Um, she was more of a post player. Uh, she played at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, and back when I think it was, you know, they played with six people and, and you couldn't like uh, the style of basketball is like you had people on offense, you had people on defense. Um, but really the first time he beat his mom was 12 years old. And that's when she realized, okay, Grady, like, you know, you're starting to become this player um, that can be pretty good. Um, and he gets his competitive spirit from his mom and his dad, who's been coaching him since he was young. Um, but, you know, they, they really do expect a lot about it, out of him um, on and off the court, and it's clear the influence she has on him because he, he's, he's a total mama's boy, to be honest with you. Mm. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. A I think it's interesting, too, because, like, Shreyas, I know you were sending me some video clips, too, before the show, and, like, we were just talking about you know, Grady being such a big personality um, off the court, like having been, you know, around him, covered him, like, like, what was that like? Just, just like, what are the things that stood out to you about him off the court? I mean, he's confident. It's one of those things where you don't really see it from a 19 year old kid that often, but he's confident. He's eloquent. Uh, You know, he's really succinct in his wording. Um, You know, he, he's been, it feels like he's been media trained for years and in a way he has, I mean, in his junior year of high school, he was followed around by cameras by overtime um, at sunrise Christian. Uh, He's a really goofy, funny kid. He's loved in the locker room. He's one of those guys that, you know, when a tough loss happens, he can, you know, raise up the spirits with just his mood and his personality. Um, And initially coming into the, the locker room at KU, people were like, like, who is this goofy kid? You know, like, is he really that serious? He can't be that good. But he's won his teammates over with his play on the court, his personality. Um, you know, he – I don't know if you've seen any of his Instagram posts, but uh, I think after the Indiana 
early in the year, he was like, who's your daddy as his caption. Uh, he's okay. a funny kid, and he, he, he likes to trash talk a little bit. Uh, I think that innate confidence that he has in himself makes him that much better of a player at the court. Yeah, so you weren't surprised seeing him uh, show up in his draft day suit yesterday? No, not at all. I mean, honestly, he's the most eccentric, goofy uh, kid I've ever covered. And, you know, he he's authentically one of one. Um, you know, I, I think the nation is about to be introduced to Grady Dick and, and who he is. And I'm so excited for it because he's a pleasure. And especially if he turns out to be as good as I hope and, and a lot of Kansas fans and, you know, people who've watched him play hope he will be. Um, he's going to take the nation by a storm, I think. He's one of those guys that, his personality is going to get him a lot of endorsement deals. Um, and his play on the court, I think, is pretty special. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I kind of want to, to circle back a little bit on just sort of like the environment in which he grew up in. Because I think, you know, here in Toronto, it's, um, you know, there's there's so much to do. It's a big city. It's the, you know, culture capital of, of Canada. I know that's going to be a controversial statement to people outside of Toronto, but it's true. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, and, you know, there, it's just an entirely different kind of lifestyle, what's supposed to you know, growing up where Grady grew up. So can you kind of describe, like, the importance of basketball sort of in the community uh, in, in which he sort of comes from? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, basketball, I mean, to be honest with you, I've lived in Kansas for eight months now. Um, I'm a Georgia kid. But it, there isn't a ton to do here, to yeah, be quite that's, frank. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. yeah. So Kansas City is 45 minutes away, and that's the nicest big city around here, which is a good city, but it's not Toronto, obviously. Um, I think with him you know, like basketball was that thing that he was so good at on the court that, you know, it allows him to be a little bit about himself. But I think a city like Toronto, a city like uh, a team like the Raptors, where there's a lot of young guys he's going to get along with. I mean, he told me FaceTime Scotty Bars yesterday already and all that. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be such a great fit for him because you're going to see – his true self, I think, unleashed that you couldn't have even seen in Lawrence, Kansas, or you couldn't have seen in Kansas in general. Because, I mean, you know, he, he's one of those kids that his personality can't be contained almost. Yeah. And um, basketball was that thing where he was always better than everybody else on the court because he worked his tail off. He wasn't the most athletic. He wasn't the most gifted. But he is pretty athletic compared to a lot of guys who are 6'8", especially white, too, to be honest with you, to be frank. Um and, you know, he, he, when he can't shoot the ball well, he'll try to make up for it, for it other ways in the court. You know, I wrote a story about it early in the year where he had 10 rebounds in a game. And, you know, because he couldn't make a, a bucket. And these, the video coordinator at Kansas kept on asking, how can you impact the game? And he made it personal, and, and he got the rebounds when, you know, Kansas played undersized all last year um, against some tough teams, and that was enough for them to win the game. Um and he's a guy that I think, you know, he's very underrated on the basketball court on both ends. Uh, you know, his defense, there's it's a work in progress. There's a lot of quickness to improve. But he gets steals. He's got great length. Um, I think he's going to have a long career in the NBA because of his work ethic and um, just the tangible skills of that elite shoot uh, shooting ability. Mm. Yeah. Um, you wrote another great article, too, Shreya, about, you know, you talked to head coach Bill Self and you talked to Grady as well. You know, you talked about his confidence and, and, you know, his sometimes willingness to trash talk. And, you know, like 
clearly like with, you know with his name he received a lot of like vulgar chants on the road about his last name before we even get into this first of all like will and i have been inundated already with a lot of grady dick jokes you don't understand the since... media room yesterday like as soon as the pick was made you know there were like a hundred corny jokes that i've heard yeah i've come into the office today just looking yeah, to watch them apologize build. apologize and for a lot of those there's a lot yeah. of people already making more of those jokes so yeah sure how I, I can, do, you, can, you can completely understand how I do suppose. we deal with this environment because uh we're gonna you know grady dick is gonna be in our lives for a few years at least i mean listen it, it's part of the gig right you got to get used to all the you know the vulgar dick jokes i mean he's used to it by now and and he leans into it i mean i i'm sure all the stuff you guys have seen the the um, student newspaper had a, a picture of him with you know big and then his picture and then energy mm-hmm. underneath clever. it clever. so a nice little clever thing um it, it's one of those things that you're going to hear i think at every arena especially if he comes uh, as hated as I think he'll be. I think Grady's going to be one of those guys that you'll love him on your team, but you'll hate to play against him, especially because he's a little cocky. He's a little confident. You know, he's got that shooter swagger, and, you know, there's nothing more annoying than watching a guy bury three three-pointers in his name, and his name is Grady Dick. Mm. So yeah. this, it's like a little J.J. Reddick kind of, like, obviously not to that extent because that was like an all-timer really with – how yeah. much negative yeah. attention he got at, at Duke. And, and he was, a, to be to be very, very clear, he was a much better player in college. Um, but, yeah, okay, that'll be interesting because I feel like the Raptors actually don't have any antagonists at all. The only the closest thing we have to that is sometimes Scotty Barnes will slow down on a fast break and look back at a guy. <laughs> right. and, and by a guy, I mean, like, Kevin Durant. But, like... Uh, no, Grady's yeah. the type that's going to play to the crowd a little bit, I feel like, right? Like, sure. on the road okay. and things like that. Oh, that's so. good. I feel like that's all good. I mean, look, it's an entertainment business more than anything else, you know, and... Yeah. As long as you take the sport seriously, like you enjoy it to your full, you know, capacity. Yeah, and, and I think oh, just oh. like in, in, in your article too, like you you talked to Grady and he was quoted saying, uh, you know, about the trash talk and all the stuff that he hears at, at visiting arenas. He said, quote, I love it. You know, I kinda like being the hated one, you know, and, and that it fuels the fire for sure. So again, I feel like that just kind of taps into kind of the confidence that he has about himself. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think he's one of those guys that, you know, uh, his poor grandma was at those games and she was in those fans. And, you know, she was having a rough time. Anytime I look over and she'd be like, oh my God, you know, but he's so used to it. It doesn't really phase him. I think, you know, he cracks up sometimes. You'll see him crack up when people make those chants, Um, you know, and even himself talked about it. He's, he kind of looks looks at it, he smirks, and he, he takes it and puts it in his head and uses it to play better on the court, I think. Um, he's one of those guys that I think if opposing fans, you know, chant something vulgar or use his last name or whatever, he's going to play better, not worse. Mm. Um, th- this is a family program, but I am very curious. What, what, what were those chants? Oh, it was uh, You Suck Dick. Ah, uh, okay. A lot of them. Gosh, got you, got you. <laughs> There's a comma in there. Yeah. There's a comma in there. Yeah, there was a there was a comma in there yeah. referring to the player. That's absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, um, before I let you go, Shiraz, uh, you know, we talk so much about these different aspects of, of you know, Grady's game, his personality on and off the court. I don't know if there's another story or anything you want to share with us that, you know, Raptors fans would, would like to know about Grady before he arrives here in Toronto and yeah. starts his career. You know what? Actually, I was going to add to that. Um, mm-hmm. if, 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 if one of us were to uh, interview him directly, maybe, you know, let's say next week, mm. Uh, as is currently scheduled. Um, well, yeah, what's something I can crack him with? Because you, as you mentioned, he's already very media trained. So what's something I can catch him off guard with? 
asking about, so a couple months ago, uh, TCU came into Allen Fieldhouse and thrashed Kansas. It doesn't happen that often, but they did it. Okay. And they stole a bunch of stuff, like a basketball, some shirts, and this and that. Okay. Kansas went down to TCU. They beat them. And Grady, being the ringleader, he stole a bunch of their shirts oh. and the basketball that back. There is some Twitter stuff on it. I think uh, you guys had Jordan earlier or have him later. Uh-huh. I think he has it, and I have it on my Twitter. Um, but you can see a picture of him wearing a TCU shirt, uh, a crowd shirt or whatever they got written with a big W or a big L or something like that on mm. it. Um, but, yeah, so there's a little bit of a, you know, friendly rivalry here and there, but he was having a lot of fun with it. Um, so definitely ask him about the TCU stuff and uh, stealing the ball, et cetera. Okay, that, that's, that's excellent. I'm definitely going to do that. No, yeah. that's awesome, man. Uh, Shreyas, man, uh, appreciate your time. If people want to read more about Grady Dick, just look up Shreyas Lada at the Kansas uh, City Star. Um, he has just a long list of wonderful features on Grady from, from his one season at Kansas. Thanks again for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. All right. Man, so we got a shooter. We got an antagonist. Yeah. No, it's, you know what? I I, I kind of, I was thinking about it. it. The Raptors really have no antagonist. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the Raptors just come out and play basketball, period. And, like, sometimes Scott even feels, like, out of place when he does, like, a little bit of right. having a little right, bit of right, fun. Right, right, so, right. you know, you, you add Grady into that mix. Uh, again, obviously, it's the most important thing is the most important thing. You know, I, you know my, my thing on this program is to be the Asian father. And so I'm just going to be like, as long as you get your A's, it's okay if you play, mm. play Game Boy. So this is kind of the same thing in this scenario. But, yeah, no, he clearly takes his craft really seriously. You know, obviously, he comes from a really competitive background and um, enjoys it. So, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be good to, to get to know even more about Grady. Actually, we have another guest uh, coming up after the break. But for now, we are going to take that break. I'm your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Welcome back to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Lu. I continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. And uh, we will shortly be joined on the line uh, by another journalist who has covered Grady um, over the years. Are we on the line? Okay, we're on the line. Okay, so we are joined by Jordan Gusky, who covers uh, University of Kansas Athletics for the Topeka Capital Journal. Jordan, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? We are doing. We are doing well. We are doing well. We're we're on this fact finding mission to learn more about uh, Grady Dig, and, and and we we talked a lot about sort of his background and his personality. Didn't know he was an antagonizer, so that would be fun to to see how that plays out um, on on the uh, on the NBA floor. But uh, you know, we also want to hear about his game as well. And you wrote uh, an article yesterday on the pros and cons of Grady joining the Raptors. Let's start with the pros, because you know, you know, he's joined the pros. This is a happy time for him. Let's talk about what makes him really good. What makes him so effective as a shooter? Yeah, I think it just starts with his ability to hit shots. I mean, it's a simple answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But that's really what it comes down to. I think it's why he's going to make a lot of money uh, in the NBA. His, his ability to hit shots, his ability to spread the floor is what's really got him, you know, I guess high on draft boards ahead of last night and, and why he's going 13th to the Raptors. I'm sure you, you caught a lot of his games. And, you know, I'm curious in terms of how opposing defenses sort of approached him. Like, you know, what were the typical kind of defensive strategies used against like a guy like Grady who – I'm sure as soon as he walks into the gym, everyone understands the scouting report that obviously he's a threat to shoot. Yeah, I think the main thing, is, especially in in Big 12 conference play, was just to face guard him and just not give him any space. I think that was the main thing that opposing defenses tried to do uh, as they were uh, you know, trying to slow him down. So I, I think that was the main thing um, that these teams did. But I think even still through that, he, he found success. So... I don't really anticipate that being a big thing that opposing defenses do to him a lot in the NBA. I think with the uptick in talent, it's just not going to be possible. But mm. that's really what opposing teams tried to do uh, this past season. Yeah, I mean, for, for people who are less familiar with Kansas and just in general, um, you know, how the sort of the team operated, like what were some of the dynamics on the team? Because I understand Grady wasn't like the number one option or anything like that. Yeah, so, so Jalen Wilson, who got drafted also, last night, but just later on, mm-hmm. uh, I think was really the main guy on that team this past season. He was an All-American. Uh, I think if there's a main reason why this team was able to win another Big 12 title during the regular season and become a, uh, a number one seed in the tournament, it was Jalen Wilson. So I think Jalen Wilson was really the main guy, but after Jalen, it, it was Grady. So I think Jalen got his, and then the team tried to figure out what they could do to make sure that Grady got his shots about his open shots, um, especially as teams started to key on him. So I think what Grady showed is an ability to, uh, you know, show that he could be a main option as teams were getting him shots, mm. but also that he did not have to be the main option. He could thrive as long as the whole team uh, was doing something that needed to be uh, successful. No, that's fair. Um, I mean, there's always questions with shooters in terms of just like, you know, their ability to sort of shoot in a variety of ways because, you know, you can't afford to be so selective uh, when you are, you know, a top shooter like that. And so I'm curious in terms of his ability to, to you know, move without the ball and sort of find ways to get open, the way you use screens. Um, what was your assessment on sort of just, um, you know, how he fared in terms of finding more ways to get shots off? Because for a guy who's obviously so clearly talented at shooting, you want to get him as many looks as possible. Yeah, you know, I, I think what, what Grady really thrived at was, his ability to not only succeed when, you know, Kansas was getting him shots, but also in terms of when opposing teams were trying to take him away and still finding success. So Mm -hmm. I think what Grady was able to do is, you know, whether it was on the road or at home, being able to be someone who could be successful in terms of, not just what Kansas was trying to get him to do, but someone who could thrive in terms of what opposing teams were trying to take away from him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, no, I think there's always going to be questions in terms of, okay, we, we know the shooting that's going to get him on the floor. What, what's like, realistically, what's like a secondary skill that you could maybe envision him developing or even that he's shown inklings of um, that, you know, would make him, again, even more adaptable in terms of getting even more minutes on the floor, even when you think about two or three years down the line when he becomes more developed as a professional, um, that could sort of make him 
uh, a consistent starter or even, you know, beyond that? Yeah, you know, I think it's really the defensive aspect of, you know, he, he averaged a, about a steal and a half per game, mm-hmm. you know, as a freshman in college basketball, which I don't think is something that anyone should scoff at. I think that's a tough thing to do. I think the fact that, you know, three and D's thrown around a lot these days when it comes to NBA basketball, but I think his defensive potential is something that could really help him stick in the NBA as opposed to just, you know, his, his, I've said before, his three-point shooting is going to get him paid probably a lot of money yep. in the NBA. That's just, that's just he's, he's that good, so it's going to get him paid. But his ability to defend is something that I think is maybe undervalued and something that he could be really, really good at he develops. That's interesting because I feel like, you know, for, again, around this time of the draft, you hear so many, you know, um, you know, these draft express style videos where you look at the strengths and weaknesses. And I think a lot of people sort of highlighted, you know, some of the struggles that he had in terms of one-on-one defense. But as you mentioned, you know, the steals numbers are pretty good for a a guy with his, you know, inexperience. And, you know, even watching some of the tape of it, it wasn't like he's just like, you know, locking a guy up one-on-one and, and sort of picking this, their, their pocket and, and not, not not letting him cross half court. But it seemed like he had a really good feel in terms of how he could be disruptive as a help defender and sort of jump in and be involved. And I think that that's kind of his approach on both ends of the floor, right? He's not always on the ball defensively and he's not always has the ball offensively, but he always tries to find ways to sort of stay engaged. Is is that your impression too, watching him more closely? Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a, he's a very high IQ kind of player. Uh, and I know that's an overused, um, you know, term but when we talk about NBA prospects, but he's someone who understands what it takes to win games, and that's on both ends of the floor. He wouldn't have succeeded at Kansas if he wasn't someone who understood, hey, Jalen's going to get his, Kevin McCullough's going to get his, Juan's going to get his. There are a bunch of people on that team who are going to get their opportunities, and Grady was able to succeed through that, within that, and I, that's on both ends of the floor. He's someone who can really thrive, as I've said before, um, as, as a member of a team and is not going to be, you know, a, a negative in terms of, you know, trying to, you don't need to, you don't need to find Grady to make sure that he's successful. He will be successful within himself. For sure. And you do see a lot of that kind of profile of that kind of uh, player in that style um really succeeding more and more in the NBA now. Uh, my last question really is just, you know, what are your thoughts in terms of can he get a little bit better off the dribble? Because I think that another way to sort of create your shot is obviously you have the basketball and and you make a decision. And um, if he's able to put it on the floor at all, you know, I've heard a little bit about his athleticism and, you know, Bobby Webster, the GM here in the, the Raptors, he was talking about it last night in terms of there is sort of a more of a diversity of his game than um, – just what we see in terms of the shooting, which is fairly obvious. So can he put it on the floor is, is my is my question. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that when it, well, you're looking at, to, to be fair, he's, he's still coming off just his freshman season sure, and yeah. college basketball. So I think we all need to look at that through the prism of he can definitely still improve. He can definitely still add a lot to his game. And so in that respect, Absolutely, he's someone who can become a lot better off the dribble. It's just a matter of just give him the freedom to be able to do that because I think at Kansas he saw as his season progressed, someone who, yeah, he had his expectations coming to that season, but 
once you're giving him the freedom to excel, he's going to be able to fit within that. Fair enough. Okay, Jordan, uh, appreciate you. Um, you know, and we'll 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 uh, track definitely how Grady uh, succeeds at the NBA level. Thanks for your help. Yeah. All right, that was Jordan Gusky. Yeah, I think the. I guess the defense is going to be kind of the main focus. We talked about like whether he can be a rotation player and like where he'll fit in mm -hmm. on the roster as well. But I don't know. We mentioned earlier too, like his size at six eight. Um, I feel like um, can I say he's got sneaky athleticism or is that a is that a stereotype? I mean, it's it's all a stereotype at this point. But no, <laughs> I, but I do think that like when you watch it, there there's quite a few just like you know alley oops cutting mm -hmm. from the weak side um, mm -hmm. and. If you want to say that's sneaky, that's fine. But I, I do think that, you know, he does find ways to be involved. That's probably the best thing, just watching sort of his play on both ends of the floor. Like, that's the thing that stands out. Like, there are certain players who just sort of wait for the ball to come to them. And, you know, you probably shoot a higher percentage, be more selective that way as well. But you get the sense from Grady that he's eager and he has the anticipation to sort of get involved in sort of different places. Yeah, and the name's Dick. Grady Dick. Is this the new drop? <laughs> this is from a Grady Dick video. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So, he, again, he, he definitely is in on the joke. But, I, I mean, I, I do think that, like, yeah, for him, like, you know, he, he does stay involved. And it was interesting to hear Jordan talk about that he does feel like there's potential there to be better defensively. Because mm -hmm. I do think that, like, guys will definitely go at him one-on-one. -on -one. Like, I, you even saw that at the, at the college level, um, you know, and my impression of it, maybe it's just because he's young. Maybe it was because it was a big jump in skill level, obviously going from uh, high school to college. And it's going to be an even bigger jump now, making it once again a year later to go pro, where, you know, it felt like he was um, trying to always compensate for the lack of foot speed or, or maybe the lack of quickness and sort of maybe jumping ahead. And sometimes he would even give up position just based off of that alone. So his one-on-one -on -one defense, I think, could definitely use a lot of work. And that's not just skill work. That's also in terms of just improving his strength and his body, which is... Very natural. I mean, you'll see pretty much that to be the case for pretty much all rookies, unless they come into the league super blessed, like a Victor or even like a Scoot Henderson, for example. Um, but I do think that for him, the instinct to be involved um, on both ends of the floor, that's that's what's going to really um, allow him to sort of be disruptive, even if he's not a great one-on-one -on -one defender. You know what I mean? And so, again, I, we'll see how this all, all pans out. I mean, even for a guy who Bobby himself wants an immediate impact out of, you know, Grady himself wants an immediate impact out of, I don't think we should expect that much as a rookie. I mean, I think realistically he's going to come off the bench. Um, and if there are injuries to the starting five, maybe there are some potential openings. But I, I think he should be in the rotation. I think that, um, you know, th there is a path to him getting minutes, especially under a developmental coach like Darko. Um, and his shooting is very useful on this roster, but, um, you know, I think how it all plays out from here is, is going to be really interesting to see over the course of two to three years. Cause again, once you have that one bankable skill, the secondary things will kind of flock to it. Yeah. And, you know, the Raptors show this little clip too, of course, of, you know, Darko, you know, talking to, to Grady on the phone and then Scotty was at the practice facility yesterday too. Um, and had a chance to, to talk to Grady as well. I, I will say, you know, not that there was like a dark cloud hanging over last season, but you know, last season was not, um, you know, the best Raptors season. I feel like, I feel like Darko's bringing a lot of uh, positive energy. We'll, we'll see how long that lasts. That might just be a new head coach honeymoon thing. Could um, be. Yeah, and could be. and and even Grady as well. We talked about the big personality. So I don't know. I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see too. You talk about 
like, you know, you mentioned Duncan Robinson and the Miami Heat. And sometimes across the league, a lot of these players who have that A-plus, like, shooting skill, you do have to find a way to figure out, um, you know, how to keep them on the floor defensively and stuff. And, like, if you look at the Raptors and, and you know, I know everybody is in agreement that they should run back the whole roster from last year. Um, there's a lot of great, a lot of great individual defenders um, on that roster. Right. So we can see how that fits too. And that, I think that's the exciting part about having the new coach too, right? Like seeing how Darko Rakovic based on what the roster is going to be in training camp, how he's going to make these different new lineups work um, and things like that. So yeah, really I mean, fun. I, I think it, Again, it signals a little bit, not a little bit, I think it signals actually a pretty significant shift in sort of how they're approaching this team. You know, we saw with Darko, he he was an offensive coordinator in Phoenix and also in Memphis. And of course, Darko himself, he even pushed back on the idea that he's just a, you know, coordinator. Obviously, he's going to have to coach both sides of the ball as a head coach. But like, you know, clearly has the background in terms of coaching offense. And now when they went into the draft, they have multiple options. They took a player who's offense first or the, that's sort of, you know, the main skill that they're sort of bringing to the table. It does sort of change in terms of how they want to play. And I think even defensively, even when we heard Darko talk about sort of his general defensive philosophies, it begins in terms of um, protecting the paint and then taking away corner threes and maybe living with late contests or or, or hard contests on wing threes. Um, I think that style of system, as compared to what the Raptors were playing last year, which was a lot more frantic, a lot more rotations, a lot more double teams. Um, I feel like that style of more conservative system, especially if they're able to resign a pretty effective defensive center in Jakob Pertl, that allows, I think, maybe a weaker defender to be on the floor a little bit more often when you're not asking every defender to always be making plays all the time. And I do think that actually is one of Grady's skills, just based on what he showed so far, you know, in, in Kansas at, at the college level, is his activity defensively and ability to read the game. But um, I, I still think that, yeah, I mean, if you're mostly asking him to stay at home on a, on a corner shooter, um, you know, you'll probably have a lot easier of a time than, you know, what what Nick was asking for, which was constant ball pressure. A lot of times it's very difficult to contain dribble penetration. And without actual rim protection at the basket, you'll lead to a lot of high-efficiency shots being given up. So, again, this is all wishful thinking. This, this is all in the offseason. You know, mm-hmm. you can always say that, like, you know, just change everything from last year because it didn't work. Um, but I do think some of those things kind of lean together in terms of how this thing could cohesively come together. And so... Yeah, you know, if he, if he can come in off the bench and, and hit threes and, you know, we'll see how obviously he gets along with people in the locker room, but it seems like he's a pretty good people person as well. Um, you know, you, you add those skills together. Like, I think there is a path towards minutes, even as a rookie, which will be you know, pretty rare, I think, for the Raptors. It's pretty much just Scotty who's been able to do that recently. Yeah, and Grady is scheduled to um, have his intro presser here uh, on Monday. Yes. And we That's do correct. have tentatively scheduled, hopefully you get a sit down. Mm, with okay. Grady, so awesome. excited, awesome. excited to. Um, the name's Dick. <laughs> well, we got we're gonna have lots of drops, man. Um, excited, excited for you to find out the full detail of that TCU story, man. Yeah. That Shiras was telling us that yeah. one's uh, that one's pretty interesting. Actually. No, I mean, you know, it's it was actually interesting to just peruse his Instagram because I was looking at it and I was like, you know, he's he's done a lot of. Uh, sponsorship oh, deals already. Okay. So you're trying you know to learn I mean? learn a couple things. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. I, I just think that I think it's he's going to be a fan favorite. I think he already kind of is a fan favorite just based on the reaction online. Like they're having a lot of fun with this. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And people. so it seems like so to see, which is you know again it'd be weird if he was uh, you know 
really serious about everything. Yeah, it's right? always good. Yeah, it's exactly. always good. Right. Well, we know we know. Shouts to Derek Brandale is having Scotty Barnes. Yeah, this you know this is the best traffic we could have ever uh, secured for producer Derek Brandale. Oh my uh, god, Scotty Barnes. Yeah, that was still my number one. Man. That's still my number one. Uh, the Raptors also signed uh, Kansas State guard uh, Marquise Noel. That's right, man. Who we led? We shouldn't um, ignore this part. Who led the school to a, a very thrilling Elite Eight run? I remember watching the NCAA. Oh, he was tournament. the reason for the throw. Yeah, and so he's twenty agreed. and nineteen as an assist because yeah. he's he's five foot six and nineteen rebounds would be kind of. Remember absurd. that one no look play in overtime? Yeah, when he was looking at the coach. Yeah, there was a oh man, I think people who follow college obviously already know this. Sure, yeah. There was a play. It was like a maybe a minute left in the game. It was like a one possession game, and uh, Marcus is like signaling and he's calling to his coach. And they look like they're arguing about a play as he's mm. bringing the ball up, and then he throws a lob to the basket to a guy who's cutting out of the, you know, out of the corner for a lob. Just, um, you know, you don't see that many trick plays in basketball. I feel like mm-hmm. it, uh, it definitely happens way more in football, where it feels more useful to do that, or even in baseball. Sometimes you see some trick plays, um, but like, yeah, um, does not happen in basketball. And so that was really cool. But no, he's he's very electric. I mean, look, listen, everyone knows why he went undrafted. Right. Um, he's 5'6". He's 5'6". He's 5'7". He's 5'8". Yeah. He's five, five, you know, I love the measurement without shoes as if they're going to come on wearing <laughs> platforms. Like, you know what I mean? Just give me his functional height, please. Like, I so, just, yo, Throw on these antas. You I'm, might be six feet. <laughs> I'm not expecting him to come on the court, you know, uh, shoeless. Um, but I, I do think that, uh, you know, when you watch the film of him or when you watch sort of the the energy that he plays with, it's it's really undeniable. Like, it's very entertaining to watch. Um, he is a player who plays with a lot of moxie. I think he he plays with this edge that you, I think you have to. Like again, you're you're you're, you're a, objectively a short man just in general society, mm-hmm. and then you're also doing that in uh, you know Atlanta Giants in basketball. Mm. And so to see him have the success that he had at the college level, you know, again multiple games where he had like 20 and 15 assists, and, and be super super effective in terms of you know being slippery, getting downhill. Um, obviously, he can shoot the three. Because you need to at that size, um, you know, I, it'll it'll be it'll be an amazing success story if he could really make it to the league and make an impact. Um, but uh, even if it's just mostly he spends a lot of time in the nine hundred five and, and delivers consistent point guard play to nine hundred five, I'd be interested in watching him because he, he's worth the price of admission, man. He's he's really fun to watch. It really is. Yeah, shouts to the short king. Um, no, he really is. He, no, they really drafted a short king for all the short kings out there. This could be Jr.'s <laughs> favorite player. Shouts to my short king, Joseph Cacharo. Um, Before we go, so, you know, um, some highlights from yesterday's draft. So a lot of intrigue heading into the draft about who the Charlotte Hornets were going to select. I thought you meant with... some highlights as in there was a food truck at the <laughs> facility and it was, quite, oh, yeah. it was very good. Yeah, yeah, there was a food truck. Very good. Once at, again, the media has been, has been bought out by just a little bit of food. Two ice, uh, ice cream. The ice cream truck returned. Yeah, so yeah, that was it's the same one. Well. Yeah, it was the same one. Yeah, same one yeah. as as the Darko Ryakovich. Maybe we could bring that back on Monday when uh, Brady Honestly, Dick is introduced. Let's let's I, go I, for three peat, man. Yeah, yeah let's for go sure, for the three peat. This, this is how they ensure the Raptors media only throws softballs. It's, <laughs> oh it's my God, it's so good. They no, got that you. was they got, <laughs> that was literally me in the media so room yesterday, good. man. That, it was very good. No, you Tim, you Tim Wakefield. So <laughs> they got you throwing knuckleballs. Anyways. Hornets ended up selecting Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's been lots of videos making the rounds. There was a, like a draft party that was taking place, um, you know, at the Spectrum. I assume if if you were saying last year Hornets tickets were $2, then I'm ho- I'm hoping the oh, watch one, party $1, was $1. Sorry, $1, yeah. Oh, okay. It might have been 2 in Canadian. So, so if you're not even watching a game, I'm hoping the watch party was like $0.25 cents, perhaps. I feel like 
that sounds fair. I Anyways, feel like, yeah, they should pay you to go to that. The, the reaction was very negative, and then general manager Mitch Kupchak um, took to the podium after to try to explain the decision to select Brandon Miller, and here's what he had to say. Well, everything that we, you know, every answer they got, we got to every, every question. Um, you know, I, I would say, what? you know, he, he is a freshman, okay. right? So, you know, he's a little bit, you know, I would say younger than, excuse um, me, I wouldn't say younger. Nah, I bet not even go, go in that direction, actually. I'll just back off. I'm not going to make fun of Bobby for the press conferences anymore, man. Holy, that is bad. <laughs> I just wanted to That's play this so clip bad. at the end of the show because I know. What did he even say? Uh, he said, well, you know, everything that we, you know, every answer that they got, we got to every question. I'd say he's a freshman, right? So, you know, he's a little bit, you know, I'd say younger than, um, excuse me, I wouldn't say younger. I better not even go in that direction. Actually, I'll just back off. So that was the full <laughs> transcript. I just wanted to play this at Yo. the end of the show because I know, oh I know, you know, Raptors goodness. fans are very passionate and, and, you know, it, it was a tough season and I know, you know, there's free agency coming up uh -huh. and there's a lot of questions about the organization and it's not to let the organization off the hook. You know, I, I want to see, you know, a successful team, but just, just trying to provide some perspective here that, you know, there are uh, uh, other organizations out there operating like this. So still appreciate the Raptors oh. org in some ways. Okay, if you can. All right. First well, off, everything first off, that we, nothing you know, the Charlotte Hornets do is well, going to make me feel better we, about you the know, Raptors. Every answer but... they got, we got to every question. I'd say he's a freshman, right? So you know, he's a little bit. You know, I'd say he's younger than him. Excuse me, <laughs> I wouldn't say younger. I better not even go in that direction. I actually, I'll just back off. Nah, I better not even go go in that direction. Actually, uh, honestly, <laughs> this sounds like I guess succession spoilers. I suppose uh, season two succession spoilers, but. uh yeah, that's it. Sounds like when they're testifying, man. <laughs> this is Nicholas Braun at the at the at the stand right now. Yeah, so He's that fumbling like Tom Wamsgans. So that was Brandon Miller, and then the Blazers went ahead and drafted Scoot Henderson. And mm -hmm. I am enforcing a ban on any Dame Lillard updates on this show moving forward. After the draft last night, Chris Haynes reported that Dame has not had any recent communication with the Blazers involving okay. the draft, free agency, or his future. Okay, here's the thing. Because you also heard lots of reports <laughs> leading up to the draft that, oh, Dame's in the gym every day and he talks to the front office every day and he watches the I, draft I workouts. Can't. So what is real? Like, we can't even get a real report any of un, of anything nowadays? Whoever does the Blazer show, you need to what, make, make a Dame bingo card, man. Because, like, th this has been said the last, like, three years now. Please, Dame, just go to the Knicks or something. I mean, Let's also, he, he's gone on an entire media tour across multiple platforms. And every single time he's like, you know, if I had to leave, I go for Miami, but I don't want to leave. <laughs> but I don't. But but I don't want to leave. It's like, yo, at some point, just like make your decision to move. But anyway, we're running out of time. That does it for us today. I've been your host Willow, and you've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thanks once again to Shreyas Lada, uh, Jordan Gusky, producer and co-host Alex Wong, board producer Derek Brendale, Jennifer Rowland for helping behind the scenes. We'll be back with you on the podcast.